Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Just going to take a moment to interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to introduce you a show called Translating Love. I played their uh, promo last week on the show, but in case you missed it, here it is again. Hey, everybody. This is Danny. And Boifi. From the podcast Translating, Translating Love. Love. And yes, we know what you're thinking. Another relationship podcast. However, since I am from the U.S., And I'm from Austria. We think that there is a unique twist on the genre. With relatable topics and interesting guests, we're trying to provide some helpful insights, give helpful tips, and also make you laugh. Our topics for translating love include mental health, trauma, anxiety, long-distance relationships, being married, sex, and many other subjects concerning all types of relationships, not only romantic ones. And our goal is not to only strengthen our bond and spend more quality time together making translating love, but also to try to be more mindful, learn new things about these topics and ourselves, and become more well-rounded human beings. Therefore, we also talk about subjects that are important to talk about and relatable in this day and age. You can listen to Translating Love on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. I got to tell you, I love the concept of the show, and I think that they are just fantastic people. So check it out and back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Conquest of Bliss. I am here once again with the fantastic Raymond. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say his last name from <laughs> my. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, sure. All right, Raymond Lorman, and uh, he is an old friend of mine and a fantastic human being, and he's been going through what I like to call a growth spurt um, in his life, and so I wanted to talk to him again. First of all, how are you today, Raymond? I'm doing all right, actually. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you want to tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you? Because things are a lot different than the last time we talked. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, uh, I remember the last time we talked, but I don't remember when we last spoke. Um, you were running a company and I mean, you, you know, still have a kid and everything, um, but you had a kid at the time too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So basically I had done um, the construction thing for a while and uh, it, I, uh, extenuating circumstances caused me to open up my own business and, mm -hmm. I, and I went with that for a little while. And then after about uh, a year of that, I had made good money. I actually made great money, probably the most money I'd ever made in my life. Um, and I had a couple of employees, uh, I had to fire some people. It was, I finished, I think five or six different buildings. So I completed a bunch of projects. It was, it would, it went well. Um, and then I kind of got into a bit of a slump and I just, I really wasn't happy. You know what I mean? I wasn't mm -hmm. going to work as often. Um, I crashed, I don't know if I told you, but I crashed my motorcycle in August. Oh my God. Um, no, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, wait, okay. So when I say, I say crashed big giant I'm doing the under quotes if everybody can't see me because we're on you know talk show I'm under quoting right now but <laughs> I dumped I dumped my bike uh coming down the North Vancouver the cut it's called Do you, if you okay yeah yep. I was coming I down that big hill there and uh, I was probably doing like 60 mm -hmm. and the guy ahead of me he's he's five or six car lengths ahead of me because I always leave some space uh he he locked his brakes so when I hit my brakes I must have hit a patch of something Okay. Yeah. And the bike just basically went down underneath me and mm -hmm. it landed on my left foot. 
and then I uh, I did like a ninja roll, and I I just I was up right away. I didn't hit my head or anything. There was just this like a minor, small, small scratch on the top of my helmet, so I didn't hit my head, but I hit my shoulder and I broke okay. my collarbone and I broke oh. my toe. So ah. I was like, no, nah, nah. honestly, I was like, I picked my bike up. I walked it to the side of the highway. I laid, I put the kickstand out and I just laid my backpack down and laid down and was like, all right, somebody call an ambulance. It was, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I did, I did the quick once over on myself and realized that I was broken in a couple of places and whatever, whatever. But yeah, so, so that happened. I was super crazy. It was, it was super surreal getting driven in a, an ambulance and, and whatnot. But after that, I couldn't quite you know, I, I couldn't even go to work for six, it was like six or eight weeks before I could do any like super physical labor. And, and Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, my, my employees were still working. We were all still making money. I was able to give them bonuses and all sorts of stuff for completing nice. projects. Yeah. That's like, I, I paid my guys really well and, and it was good. Um, but I just, my heart wasn't really in it as much and I, and I couldn't be as physical as I wanted to. So after a while of that, my one employee was talking to me about uh, wanting to go or to get his apprenticeship going again because he was a carpenter. That's what we were doing. And we just okay, figured yeah. we, could, we could make more money doing this other thing. Well, there was no way that I could afford to hire a, an actual carpenter for him to do his apprenticeship. And that's mm-hmm. when I kind of realized that even though, yes, we could make a shit ton of money out of this, neither of us were really going to go any further than that. Like yeah. all, all that we were going to get out of this was, was money, which is, don't get me wrong. It was great. I made a ton yeah. of money, but it, I, I really wasn't, I just wasn't. You weren't building anymore. anything. No, no, we weren't well, growing like anymore. The building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that, <laughs> but like there, as much as there would have been growth, I just, I didn't see the growth that in, in anything outside of that small thing that we were doing. Yeah. So I called my guy up and I said to him, you know, I says, look, listen, we, we, we're going to drop the contract that we have right now. It's going to be, it was already going to be a little bit of a screwy contract that I wasn't quite making as much money as I'd hoped on. Um, I tried to give the guy a break because some stuff happened with the building and he ended up losing a ton of money. And so I was taking a bit of a hit. I was like, you know what? I just said to him, I'm like, it'll cost you the same price to have your own guys do it. Um, I just don't want to do it. And I called my guy up and I says, listen, I'm not going to be able to help you further your career. And I don't want to have you you know, work be for me stay, just because you're nice. Be stagnant or, you know, stay with me and, and not really be able to get anywhere. I'm like, sure, you can make a great wage, but are you happy really plugging away at that same stupid drill for, for you know, six, eight hours every day? Yeah, I might let you go home early or whatever, but you're li- listening to podcasts, staring into a corner. I'm like, that's not what I want from you. It's not stimulating enough. You're not growing anything. You're not learning anything or doing anything new. Mm-hmm. So I decided to close everything down. And uh, that went on... I think it was three months or so. I went through Christmas. Uh, it was like December. I didn't go to work in December, but the, biz- the business was still open and I paid my last paycheck, I think, on the third. And then I gave him a, uh, like a bonus for, for leaving and sent him on his way. And uh, I, I spent, I think, two months without a job, just kind of okay. hanging, out at, <laughs> hanging out at home and doing, you know, just sort of seeing where the, the world took me. And... Uh, I found this thing on Craigslist of all things. There was a, a like a, a post on Craigslist and it had to do with um, a psychology apprenticeship is what they called it. Okay. Okay. What, now, what is a psychology apprenticeship? So, and and here's, here's, here's what it was, right? So basically the, the headline or whatever was psychology apprenticeship. So I click into it and I was like, oh, or you see what this, you know, what, what could this be about? Um, well, it turns out that they run a program that is a, a, an applied behavior analysis course. Okay. Where 
they, you can, you can have your bachelor's, you can have your whatever, but you don't need it to do anything. Like you don't need to have any formal education in order to do this program. And their okay. big thing, their big thing is a lot of the time life experience can lead to more knowledge than simple book learning yeah. is, you know, a trailer park board would say, cause I don't got <laughs> no good book learnings. <laughs> but I got a lot of life experience, I right? I hate trailer park boys. Like, oh, oh man. <laughs> but it's, it's like, I don't got the book learning stuff, man. I'm not, I'm not a highly, um, academic. No. And, and I, and I don't like saying educated cause I'm fairly educated, but I'm just not an academic type of person. Mm-hmm. I even said to the, I even said to the, the lady, I was like, I haven't been to school since I was like 17. Like I was a, a dope smoking <laughs> bum when I left school, man. I did like a grade 10 kind of guy, you know? Yeah. So it's, um, I'm not, I'm not unintelligent. I'm just uneducated, unacademic. And uh, so I went through this, this process of, it was like an application process where I had to go through probably about an hour and a half, two hours of interviews, like phone interviews and such. Okay. Yeah. So like they would, they would call me, we would talk about my life, where I came from, what I was hoping to be. And their big thing was like, okay, well, where do you want to go? What kind of career do you want? And I laughed at them. <laughs> That's like, the question, isn't it? The ultimate just, question. Well, yeah. For, for me, I always laugh at people. I'm like, man, I don't know where I want to go with life. I'm, they're like, well, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, five-year plan. I just <laughs> apply. You realize I don't have my grade 10 and I'm applying for a psychology <laughs> apprenticeship, right? I'm like, I, I barely have a five-week plan. Yeah, like I, <laughs> you know, as much as I have an idea of, you know, what would be nice, I guess, but like, I don't, I don't have this grand master plan. I've never had this grand master plan. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not what I was shown or taught when I was growing up. Um, I wasn't molded into this perfect, productive human being. I've had to kind of figure things out as I go. And, and I said that I was like, I would never know that something this like this would be available. So yeah. Like that, that's even an option. Yeah. yeah I would and, like, why? And I think that that's the really interesting thing. Sorry to cut you off, no, but yeah, I think yeah. that that's the really interesting thing is that like people say like, what's your five-year plan? And it's cool to have plans in the sense that that sort of helps, helps you to see more opportunities. Yes. But yes. at the same time, it's like, like 90% of my life right now, I never would have believed possible mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so what this is, is it's uh, it's a behavioral interventionist. So basically, I work with with youth and adults, but right now it's mostly youth, Uh and that's, I think, what it'll be, you know, teenagers even, but with uh, autism and and other sorts of disabilities. Yeah, literally. So what my job is, technically, I'm a care worker. I hang out with this dude. Like, we went to... Uh, what did we do the other day? We went to the Sasquatch Inn and ate Sasquatch burgers. <laughs> and I went and watched him play baseball. Oh. <laughs> right? But on other days where, say, he's having a really rough day, you know, I'll get yelled at for eight hours. He'll just stand <laughs> in the hallway and yell at me for eight hours. And what, so what applied behavior analysis is, is it's the study of a behavior. Now, a behavior is literally anything you do. Uh, drinking coffee, um, um, having a cigarette, um, going for a run, um, yeah. talking loud, talking quiet, anything you do is a behavior. Even anymore. introverting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everything, literally yeah. everything we do, anything you do is a behavior. And why we do behaviors is because of the environmental stimuli around us. So what it mm. is, is it's, um, my favorite one. And I've, I've, I've loved this dude for years, but have you ever heard of Pavlov and his dog? Yes. Of course. Everybody, everybody has, right. Or most people have, but um, so Pavlov is actually the first person to do applied behavior analysis. And what that is, is the study of environmental stimuli on behavior. So every time I ring a bell and I feed you, 
yeah. you're going to connect the two. And then once I stop feeding you and just ringing the bell, your behavior is now linked to environmental stimuli. Yes. Although that, I don't know how much you know about the details of that study, but the way that he actually did it oh, was yeah. horrifying. Oh, absolutely. Well, but, and that's just it, is that was years, and but that was yeah, that was well the, before we had the yes, same standard yeah, of ethics well, that we have and that's, today. And that's just it, right? And and so the, he was like the the godfather, to my understanding, to my understanding, I could be wrong, I haven't delved quite super deep into the course yet, but to my understanding, if anybody knows more, I'm, I'm sorry. He kind of created the basis but he, for yeah, the study, field of As far as I know, he's one of the first people to be like, no, hey, check this out. When you do A and B, C happens every time, and yeah. I can prove this scientifically. So yeah, what, Study what and conditioning. And that's, and that's what it is. So what we do is we chart everything that this, the, the client does Mm -hmm. And we start to gauge, okay, well, when I introduce A, B, and C, um, there's a measurable increase or decrease in a specific behavior. And yeah. it's just the study and the science of that. And what I think is so cool is that's literally growth. Mm -hmm. Like the environmental stimuli that causes a specific behavior. So what I'm going to learn to do um, via this course and this, this program is what I, I'll be able to identify the, the stimuli that, that causes behaviors. So throughout this program, I'm my own case study as well. So I literally take all of my own bad habits and I fix them. <laughs> That's like, going to be an adventure. Yeah, uh, it, it's super cool. And so like, I have a couple questions. Um, yeah, number yeah, one yeah. is, so I just briefly saw your Facebook post. Yes. So you're, you're already working for them as well as doing this study? No, no. So here after, so after I applied for this program, I got yeah. accepted. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that I have a chance to maybe learn how to become a behavior interventionist or whatever. Two weeks yeah. later, I'm still looking for work. Uh, I actually applied to be the manager at Castle Fun Park. Uh, oh, for those yeah, for those of you that don't know, it's like a, a, a theme parky thing without <laughs> the uninitiated. It's like a mini golf place with an yeah, arcade attached. Arcade and yeah, and, like and go karts and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little little theme park, mini theme park thing. Anyways, um, I apply. I was applying at whatever. I actually applied. Do you know what uh, Cascade Aerospace is? No, is it so like drones? It, no, no. So it's it's uh, an aerospace engineering company that literally like works on planes and stuff. I would wow. I put I put in a, a resume for that. They needed a, a like a product coordinator or not a product coordinator, but like a logistics coordinator. They needed oh, yeah. somebody to help with their their inventories and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And like I've I've done that kind of thing for my own business. I've done it for companies. Like yeah, I love logistics. Yeah, it was super, it was a super cool idea. So what I did is I just shot for the moon. I started, I was like, you know what? I understand that I'm, I'm an intelligent person and I have worth and that if I just go for things, shit, I might get them. You yep. know, the, the worst thing I can, the worst thing that can happen is I get it and then not do it very well. And then they fire me. Oh, well, I've learned some stuff and move on. Right. That yeah. was my thing. Cause this is like, these guys have military contracts and all sorts yeah. of stuff. It was really, I even sent in the thing. I'm like, you know, I'm probably not qualified in your eyes, but I'm like, I bet you if you guys give me a week or two of, of learning the job, I could do it. Honestly, that's what, uh, just side note, that's what I do for, for when I um, send emails, like having the anthropologist on and I've yep. got a neuroscientist and stuff that's going to be released eventually. Oh, um, cool. cool. And it's the same thing where I just like shoot them an email and I'm like, look, I don't have a huge listenership and I mean, I'm I'm just a lay person, but could you please come on and and you know share your wisdom with the yeah you know yeah. and surprisingly you know a decent number of really qualified cool people come on. Well, I, you know what I think. Uh, 
especially just as humans, and especially right now, we're just looking for connection. We're looking to share our thoughts and ideas. We're looking to feel connected, whether it be uh, podcasts. You know, I play I play PlayStation. Right? I have a group of five or six guys that I get on with, and, and we all jump on the, the PlayStation chat. And literally, we'll all be playing different games, but I'll have one ear with the homies because I don't actually get to high-five them and hug them anymore, mm-hmm. right? So it's like we're, we're, very, we're all reaching out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, podcasts and other things are a great way to do that. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was looking around. Um, I, uh, I was sort of shooting out all sorts of different different jobs. And I figured I wanted to step away from the, the labor thing and the, and the, you know, construction stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be lifting heavy things all day long. You wanted to exercise your mind instead of yeah, your, your body for a change, while. Yeah, change it up a little bit, right? And uh, so one of the ones I found shortly, a couple couple of weeks after they found this program and got accepted into the program, was an actual job with a five-week paid training for the position I was going to school for. Okay, cool, cool. So, I, yeah, I was like, hey, do you want to come in? We have, uh, it's paid training. We'll give you your first aid. We'll train you in a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you're, you're going to be a behavioral interventionist. So, literally, the freaking stars aligned, and I'm like, oh, let's try going to school for something. And then the, <laughs> jo- the job gods were like, hey, man, do you want to just have a job instead? And, yeah, they literally just, they, I applied for that, and I went through the same thing, went through some interview processes, and... Um, my, my buddy that I used as a reference called me as soon as he was done with his reference phone call. And I guess the lady was saying, and I hate, I hate, but I love saying this, but she was saying that I was probably one of the better interviews that she's, she's done. Like, she she was really, she was really pumped to have me on and it was really cool because honestly, I feel like this sort of direction is what I've been building to yeah gearing towards my whole life without actually understanding and knowing it and i and i do believe that this is just one section of growth that's going to lead me into whatever it is that i will be doing as well right which is mm-hmm. you know i i have what's my five-year plan man i don't know what the universe has planned for me i just kind of take what i have that's in front of me that can get me forward you know i just look i have growth know. when it's there right <laughs> like yeah it's just like you said, i would have never and sometimes they say they're like well what are you thinking you know in five years I'm like, man, I, I didn't realize two years ago that I would own a, I would own a construction company and make over a hundred thousand dollars. I didn't know that I would get a chance to, it's only a 16 week course, but at the same time, I'm taking a course at a behavioral Institute. Yeah. Like that's crazy. And then on top of that now, um, I paid all my tuition and the lady called me and was like, Hey, the first interview I did with you, I wanted to to talk to you, but I didn't want to overload you with stuff. She's like, I'd like to offer you a position as an academic advisor. Oh my goodness. So, so now like, you're doing the course, you have, you get a position as an academic advisor, as well as a job in the field that you're taking the in course. In the field in. that I'm looking at, right? So it's like, <laughs> literally the universe was like, Hey, you want to do this? Okay, cool. Here you go. Let's just do this. You know, it's, it was very similar to the construction thing where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to try this growth thing for a second. Let's see where it takes me. And, and that was where, that's part of the reason, another reason why I closed, you know, stopped doing the company or clo- closed the company or, or did, you know, got out of that was I did it on my terms. Mm-hmm. I stepped away on my terms. I said, you know what? I've learned an amazing amount. I, I could keep going. I could try, you know, just hold on to this thing that is whatever and, and try and force it. But it really didn't feel like that's what was supposed to happen. And as soon as I let go, and just accepted kind of what was going on, 
this other opportunity arose. You mean, like if I wouldn't have done that, this opportunity wouldn't have arose. Okay, so so let's talk a little bit about about that kind of whole concept. Um, and before that, actually, though, I want to talk about you were like, I hate saying this, but I love saying this, and I want to talk a little bit about the difference between, in my opinion, arrogance and confidence, and humility and um, and so low self esteem. Yes. Right. So so I don't think that there's anything wrong with acknowledging when you do well. I don't think that that's arrogance. And I know that your brain, I could see it in your head, Raymond, your brain's going, that's arrogant. Don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah. Okay, say it. Well, that, that's what I, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm like. I hate it, but I love it because I don't want to toot my own horn. But sometimes it's like, yo, this is, you know. Toot it, man. I mean, yeah, like every once in a while. Well. Toot, yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's more so what it is. It's like, whenever I say that, and it's not like, I I, I try not, I, I can't say that I'm not an arrogant person. Because again, that to me is arrogant in, in my head. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not arrogant. Well, sometimes I'm a bit of, I'm a bit of a pompous dick, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I always try and I say that to myself. Like, I don't, you know, don't say this because it's like blowing mo- mo- smoke up my own ass, but just be, you know, you're, you can be proud of your accomplishments. There's well, nothing wrong with that. And yeah, like, and I think that probably to some degree that comes from, there was a period in your life where arrogant would have been the right word to describe you. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, yes. And I for, think, for so probably that's parts, ringing yes. through your head as you've learned to get through that period. Yeah. But like, as weird as this sounds, and this is just a supposition, so like, if people disagree, <laughs> go ahead and tell me. But I think that a big piece of humility is confidence. I don't think that it's humble to say, to pretend you're not good at things when you are. Mm-hmm. I think that you, humility is acknowledging that you have skills, have talents, have abilities, but understanding that you're, you're still fallible. Yes. Those skills and abilities, you're still fallible. There's still, still always going to be yeah. people who know more than you yep. and who understand things better than you. Yep. And I think that that's really what humility is. I don't think humility is pretending to be bad at everything or pretending to hate yourself no and and i that's you know i think that's huge i know a lot of people um especially these days that's what it is is oh i'm just garbage and it's like well i don't want to be arrogant it's like well but there's like you're allowed to be confident in, in who and what you know and and who you are and what you know and and what you are or, or wh- whatever right and, yeah and, and my my personally and and maybe you resonate with this my relationship with arrogance and what is and isn't arrogance has actually really changed like even to the point where i think that drawing attention to yourself and saying you're the worst at something is almost a little bit arrogant too like yeah. when you make it all about yourself and like well i'm just a piece of shit and it's like mm-hmm. well that just kind of takes away all your responsibility and power yeah. By saying that you're, you know, just a piece of shit. And and then and then it sort of translates to like making it all about yourself mm-hmm. and and about like your victimhood in, in that case. And I mean I've been guilty of it, and I mean yeah. a lot of us have. Well, I we all um, have, yeah. And uh and like I just think that it's a really interesting concept to start realizing that, hey, it's actually kind of, in my opinion, more arrogant to, you know, relinquish myself of all responsibility for any wrongdoing I do by saying mm-hmm. that it's just innate. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, pretending that I'm a piece of shit so that, you know, like I get not only the attention focused on me, but like I said, no responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, and and to do that. And when I say it's arrogant, I don't necessarily mean like pompous, but yeah. so much as like self-centered. Yeah, you know? well, that's, and that's just it. I think that... Uh, pompous and self-centered are both forms, different forms of arrogance. You know what I mean? And that's, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I think, I think 
you're you're very right where with with the whole when I was younger I was a, an arrogant <laughs> arrogant little bastard but I think that too comes from the fact that growing up I was told that I was nothing for so long so I had to bring about my own confidence in a way and then learning then that it wasn't confidence that I was doing but I was arrogance and you know ignorant and arrogant at, at points and and uh, you have to kind of walk that fine line. And, and like you said, that humility of like, hey, man, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable as me. I'm comfortable in who and what I am and what I can do and, and what I do do and, and um, all those things. And there's nothing that people, that you can't shake my confidence. There's yeah. nothing you can do to shake my confidence out of that. And I won't be arrogant about it, but confidence is confidence, right? Like, Yeah, and I mean, I feel like, like, I mean, when I, you know, I mentioned you uh, when we were kids, but at the same time, I was more on the other side of it where like mm-hmm. very self-centered, you know, I wasn't pompous. Well, there were moments, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Kylie will tell you for sure that there yeah, were moments, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I wasn't, you know, necessarily pompous, mm-hmm. but I was incredibly self-obsessed and convinced that I was a victim in everything yeah. and brought everything to being about me, even when they were clearly not, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yep. just, it's such an interesting thing to me. Um, so can you touch a little bit more on sort of what led you? Cause I think it's a beautiful and magical thing to be able to say, yes, I, I can reach for the stars. Mm-hmm. I am worth trying. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that you were always like that. And so can no. you tell us a little bit about what led you there? How did you actually go from knowing that as a concept to, because everybody's heard um, Honestly, I would, because I mean, I've done everything under the sun as far as work or, or whatever, right? Like I've done, I, I've, I've experienced a fair amount. And, and you're right, I didn't for, for a long time, right? Especially, yeah. Uh, as an adolescent and, 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 you know, a young, young man. Um, I never thought that I was going to be good enough to do a lot of things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And coming from my background and, and the streets that I, I, the street stuff I did and all, you know, all the bad stuff and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was that guilt kind of laying on me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I limited myself for a long time until I think it was when I was working at the framing company um, and it wasn't actually myself that caused me to sort of see this and have this great grand realization. It was, it was another man. Yeah. Rarely is ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It was, just, it was, just, it was this, this happening. So what, what happened was I was working for this uh, giant um, framing company and it was uh, like a conglomerate kind of dealy and we were working night shift and some shenanigans happened and there was, you know, some, some drinking and, and whatever. Um, I was a part of it too. And then after a little while, I'm like, man, this can't, ha-. I was just thinking, kept thinking to myself, I'm like, man, we can't do this. I'm like, I'm better than this. I'm not yeah. some fucking drunk bum that wants to drink on shift. Cause you know what I'm like? I'm like, there's more, there, I've got to be better than this. So I, uh, started talking to some of the guys and, uh, I tried to organize some stuff. And then there was one day where the general manager came on shift and one, uh, a bunch of the cords were cut and they were sparking. Oh no. Now, yeah. It, it, like it is what it is. I mean, you, it's a shop pallet gets dropped on it. A cord gets cut. Cords are like $45. This is a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. Oh, you know, owned company. Mm-hmm. 
And the general manager comes in, he starts fucking screaming because this guy's not doing something. And I'm and he's like, man, I'm not using that extension cord. He's like, dude, I have a pacemaker. I'm not touching that cord. And so the boss goes off screaming, you either plug it in and use it or you're fired kind of dealy. And, you know, just like, screw you, just, just do it. So at that point I was like, man, this isn't, I was like, this just isn't right. So I decided I was going to talk to some unions. So I spoke to a couple of unions and, um, I spoke with the guys and there was a few guys that were on board and a few guys that were greatly opposed because they were old fellas and they were just like, union's bad. <laughs> and um, the company decided to union bust the shift. So yeah. they fired like 18 people mm-hmm. and they told us that it was because there was no work. Again, uh, you guys can't see it, but it's the air quotes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they told us, yeah, sorry guys, there's no work. Um, and everybody got super freaked out. Well, one of the guys I found out because we were talking about what we would do and he's like, well, you know, I got my HVAC ticket and I've been a shop steward for 10 years at this other company. And I'm like, excuse me. He's like, yeah, uh, I just work here. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I've taught this and I'm, you know, I have a certificate for this, this, and this. And I, he was like basically a doctor, not really, but he was, yeah, you know, a construction doctor, unbelievably hyper qualified guy working for like 17 bucks an hour, 18 bucks. It was, it was Ooh. ridiculous. It was, it was crazy. And I'm like, man, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, well, like, it's, it's a good job. And I, you know, I like it's a steady paycheck. And I'm like, what, what are you doing working here, man? Like you are worth so much more than this. And then this light bulb went off in the back of my head where I kind of looked around and I'm like, I'm worth more than this. I'm worth more than just like this simple $18 standing in a factory. Click, click, click. You know, I've done that for so long and I didn't think I was worth anything more than that. And then it just kind of got into my head. I was like, well, what if I try to be more than that? What if I, what if I just see? Yeah. And then, so the next job I went and I demanded 25 bucks and I said, listen, I want 25 bucks an hour. Why? Because I'm worth it. That's why. And they gave it to me and I was (laughs) blown away and I just kept growing as a person. And every time I went somewhere, I did my best to be the best person that was there. Mm-hmm. It, it does certainly never happens because there's always somebody that's way better at the job than I am. But yeah. what I, every time I go onto a job, I'm like, I want your job. I want to, I want to be what you are and do what you do. And I try and absorb as much as I can and grow as much as I can so that when I move on to the next project, I am that much of a better person and I'm, I'm worth it because I might not know this, but I can tell you, I know all of this other thing, these other things that will um, allow me to do whatever new project I have coming up. And I think it was just sort of seeing this person that was hyper-qualified, that was letting himself be worth less than he actually was. And I was like, man, if this guy can do it, why can't I? Well, and I think, um, I, I don't know if you realized that you mentioned it, <laughs> but uh, you mentioned a technique that's really, really helpful in in figuring out how to propel yourself forward when you don't know how, and that's uh, curiosity. Mm-hmm. cultivating an attitude of curiosity about it going you know what regardless of whether or not other people think I'm worth worth it or whatever like what's the harm in trying what'll mm-hmm. happen if I try this yeah and when you don't have the confidence when you don't have all the other pieces put together and you're starting your journey that can be one of the best ways to just get yourself started is to go you know what I don't care about the outcome I want to see what the outcome is. I, I don't care about making a certain outcome happen. I want to see what that outcome is. Mm-hmm. So that's I uh, actually, that's something I learned as uh, 
a door-to-door salesman. An old man, his name was Jim. I can't remember what the hell his last name was. He had a dog, Pongo. It was a Dalmatian. He used to come and say all sorts of stuff to us. And I remember um, he would get in the morning because he's this old fella. He used to be a salesman and he'd get all jazzed up and do the morning <laughs> meetings. And he would say to us, he says, listen, how many sales do you have right now? And this can apply to literally anything, anything in your life. You want a job and you don't know if you can get it? Well, how many of those jobs do you have right now? How many? <laughs> how much money do you have? Whatever it is, you have nothing. You're at zero. Mm-hmm. If you go ask for something, yeah. what's the outcome? It's either one or zero. You won't be negative one. You will never be less than what you are for going and asking for something. That's so true. That's- just go and ask. Just go and do it. Go and try. Like, it's like you said, right? Like Just get out there and go. go just go try it. If you just go do it and you fail, well, you fail, you know, either try again or do something else. Well, and I mean, yeah, and like the nice thing about failure that I think a lot of people fail to realize. um, Uh I'm so clever. I think the nice thing about failure is that is that there's almost always if you if you look for it, a lesson. Yes. in failure. You know, you can miss the lesson really, really easily, but, but there's, there's almost always one available to you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, it's, and, it's, it's always funny about those cliche things is cliche things tend to be, you know, it's, they're true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I always say too. Cliches are cliches for a reason. Like they didn't yeah, get popular for being bullshit. Yeah. That's right. Um, uh, sometimes they get like misconstrued. But, sometimes. But. Yeah. But no, it's just, that's one of those things, right? Like it's, there's, there is always a lesson to, you know, it's like, well, I had a conversation with somebody about being uh, positive, but it's not positive. What's the word? Optimistic. Um, okay. And he was like, well, you can't be optimistic about everything. And I'm like, sure I can. <laughs> one of like, my, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say one of my favorite things about optimism, and this is something that I started saying when I was a kid, um, because, I mean, you may know that my family, not necessarily the most optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they'd often say, um, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. And I get so frustrated because it's like, you know, it's just as realistic to look at the glass as half full yeah. as it is. Ha- like, I mean, and that's the classic example, right? The glass yeah. half full or half empty. It's just as true that it's yeah. half full as it is that it's half empty. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's, well, that's, yeah, like the glass is half. What, what yeah. is, the, is it half full or half empty? Well, it's half. Yeah, so, there is half you know, of the amount of water of the in the glass. The, yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and then being optimistic about what is there just makes life a whole lot easier. I'm a realist, man. I have no problem saying it as it is and being like, yeah, that sucks. Yes, mm-hmm. this is a shitty situation. That was a, that was a sucky experience that hurt. I'm hungry. Whatever, whatever's yeah. the, the poopiness. Yes, poopiness does happen and I am a realist. But on the same side of that, I'm still going to be happy about stuff because like I always have something to be happy about, you know? Well, yeah. And I mean, I think it has a lot to do with like um, perspective and and not so much with the perspective that you choose, but the understanding that there are thousands of perspectives and ways of viewing almost any situation mm-hmm. that are equally valid and true. Yeah. So like, yes, you you know, you say you, you, you acknowledge the way that you're feeling or the shittiness of something. I mean, I 100% agree. I was helping um, Kayla deal with some really frustrating stuff, uh, like legal stuff. Yeah. And and it's like, yeah, man, this shit sucks. But, <laughs> you yeah. know, but like, you know, and, and, and the advice that I was giving her at the time was she, she had some work that she had to do. She had to mm-hmm. like, you know, just really hunker down, but she was feeling really emotional. I said, it super sucks. I said, so what I recommend 
is that you put all of your energy into the work. When you start feeling emotional, go to your breath, you know, yeah. and then, and then go back to the work. And then once that's done, feel all your feelings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> once yeah. you've finished with that, feel all yeah. your feelings, because yes, it's true that it sucks, but it's also true that you need to do this, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and so like, when you look at perspective, it's so easy to get blinded by, you know, our own perspective. Like I see mm -hmm. this, this way. Mm -hmm. And it's like acknowledging and, 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 you know, realizing that there might be an, an easier on you way to view it that's yep. equally true is super, super helpful. Mm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? No, abs so absolutely. Great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's, it's like, there's always another way that you can approach a situation. Yeah, or frame know. it or interact yeah, with it. Yeah, and, and I mean, I always try. And again, I'm human, so I make mistakes and I'm fallible and I don't always do. You mm -hmm. know, the brain chemical stuff doesn't always work the way that I want the brain chemical stuff to work. Mm -hmm. But I always try and be as, as optimistic or as positive or like, okay, what can I gain? What what can I gain out of this? Mm -hmm. As opposed to just like, well, it sucks. I'm like, yeah, it's like you said, well, yeah, it does suck. Well, man, I'll tell you right now, life is shitty. Life is shit. It's shitty, shitty shit. It's what you can glean from the shit that is actually what makes life worth living, and and what where that's where the growth comes from. Like you mm -hmm. can't grow mushrooms, you know, without some anything. Shit. But without, without some shit. And let me tell you the thing about mushrooms: they're fantastic, regardless of what kind they are. Right? Like, um, it's just it's it's one of those things where you know you need you need you want flowers you want really good flowers you got to have some shit you know you want that beauty you want that that rose bush how do you think rose bushes come around just from regular old plant bland dirt no hey did you uh, hear okay so this is uh this is on topic I swear okay so <laughs> um, there was this uh, this island I think it was created from a volcano or something um, okay. And and it was it was a brand new island, and so science was all hell yeah, and they're like we're gonna study this. This is how we're gonna figure out how like land comes to be the way that it is. Yeah. Right. And so they're they're like watching for when vegetation starts and when animals migrate there and stuff like that. And I guess one of the scientists took a shit on the island, uh -huh. and he'd eaten tomatoes, and uh, so tomato tomatoes. plant grew out of his shit yeah, on yeah. the island. And I just think that's so fantastic. Well, and it's like, it's, it, it's funny. Um, I think too, because a lot of the time we forget as this opposable thumb having technology using super beings that we perceive ourselves to be, we're just animals, man. And like you eat the fruit, you shit the seeds, the plants grow. We're part of the cycle just as much as, you know, anything else is. And, and we're, you know, it's, it, that's, it's super cool. It's kind of, yeah, I mean, I find it really, really fascinating, too. And I think that that, you know, really, it, it's something that comforts me. You know, um, a friend of a friend of ours uh, the other day, Miranda, was talking to me and she was talking about, you know, how small we are. And I think she was looking at the ocean or the stars or something, you know, you know how it is. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was talking about how small we are. And that's something that really, really comforts me when my problems feel really big. Yes. Is is to take a step back and realize that even in the scope of my own life, you know, even, even in the scope yeah. of my own life, my problems are small, Yeah, you know, <laughs> let yeah. alone the scope of 
humans alive today or the scope of animals on this planet. And you can just go bigger and bigger and bigger until you finally feel comfortable that your, your problems aren't. And that's not to be dismissive. You know, you can still feel your feelings and and understand that there's validity to the fact that you have to solve a problem, but to remember that nothing like, like nothing lasts forever. And and it's pretty much always going to be okay on some level, especially like with people like you or I who, you know, live in Canada and have, you know, all of these different advantages compared to even other people in the world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, like... Well, I, I, look at, I look at it like this. It's all going to be okay until it isn't. Beep. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, life sucks. You're like, you know, life's, life's what it is and then you die and you don't going to worry about it anymore. So I'll just kind of... I also, so I like, I like the idea too of that, um, going back to the whole looking at everything and, and just going bigger and bigger and bigger and, and like really encapsulating yourself in the fact that there are literally 7 billion other people, yeah. let alone the trillions of bugs and silliness, right? But it's like, yo, if you look and you, you look at an ant and you follow an ant for a day, if you think that that ant doesn't also get bullied, or have some bullshit thrown his way, or have, you know, a possibility of dying, you know, whether it be being stepped on or eaten. I know it's slightly different than us, but every other creature, every other being on the planet also has problems. Yeah. So you're, whatever humongous, insano thing you're feeling or thinking, first off, you're not the first person to think it. Yeah. You're not the only person to be thinking it. And you're not the last person to think or feel or have the same problem. So yeah. that, that, that enormity and, and sort of minusculeness of, of, you know, our own uh, being ties into the fact, too, that, like, you're not alone. No matter how alone you think you are, literally there have been thousands of other people that are going through the exact same thing that you're going through. And they've made it through that exact same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of like, I mean, especially if you look at like history, like, like for me personally, and obviously this isn't going to resonate with you as much, but um, for me personally, like when I start to feel like overwhelmed and frustrated and stuff, like I look at the number of women that have absolutely paved the way for me to be able to live any part of my life. Oh, 100%. You know, and 100%. and it's like, like they did, they did everything I've done and way more with, mm-hmm. with a thousand times more barriers. Yes. You know, and, and like I said, and then I think about like, you know, being in in Canada, the reason I mentioned that is because even our our neighbors to the South don't, aren't afforded the same security that we are. Like in Canada, there's homeless people in Canada. Absolutely. But Mm -hmm. the chances of any, any given person being forced to be homeless are much, much lower than almost anywhere else in the world. Yeah you know, with our social programs and our things propping things up. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. People get fall through the gaps. That absolutely happens. But I can say with confidence that you or I could, will probably never be homeless long-term. No, and even, you know, that's that's the funny thing too, is the term homeless, right? And it's like, people are forced to be homeless. And, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll catch some flack for this for whatever, you know, because it's a big topic, right? Hot topic right now. But like, uh, I know a lot of people are homeless, because they choose to be. And I say this from, first off, knowing plenty of homeless people. Mm-hmm. Second off, being basically a homeless person, you mm-hmm. know? And and third off, just observation, right? Like there's, I, I have a friend of mine that lives in downtown Vancouver. He actually lived with us for like four months. I gave him a job. I filled his pockets. We washed all his clothes, fed him a whole bunch and then sent him back out on his way. And he literally, he doesn't have any, well, 
I wouldn't say any mental health issues. We all do, We're all a little, I was just going to say, we're all a little <laughs> crazy. But he, he's not some super insane old drug head. He doesn't have a, he just chooses to be homeless. Well, and I think, um, oh, sorry, is it? No, 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 and that's like, I just, lots of people do, right? Like, they just don't, they don't want that responsibility of having to pay rent and all the bullshit, like. And I think actually that's one of the reasons that places like Vancouver, Vancouver Island, California, um, end up with really, really large homeless populations, Vegas, um, mm-hmm, is because mm-hmm. of we have a very, very temperate climate and we have yeah. the advantage even above that is that like being homeless in Canada is a very different beast than being yes. homeless almost anywhere else. Yeah. Right. Because you're always being fed. Yes. If there's if there's a storm or anything, I mean, we get really good weather here um, and where you are. But if there's a storm, you're protected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like the 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 basic needs, like you're always going to be okay. Very few people die from exposure from being homeless in Canada. Yeah. Some do. Some you know, do. It's are, not that are, it doesn't happen. There are, no, and that's just mm-hmm. it is, and that's kind of what I was you know sort of leading to as well. Is with my buddy, he used to tell me all the time. He's like, man, don't give homeless people money. He's like, you want to give them anything much, and but even then, he's like. give a homeless person anything and that's more so because of all of the social programs that are like you said that are available and that's not to say that you know I went out recently and we did it was like 600 or 700 dollars we we had collected Um, I just one day went on the internet I was on the Facebook machine and um, I said something about like hey man I'm gonna take a hundred dollars and, and go buy some socks and, and toques. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, all of a sudden I had $600 worth of donations in my bank. And oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was just this crazy thing that popped off. And so we bought, you know, every, every sock in, in, uh, from the dollar store that we could and every toque and, and set of gloves that we could, um, just to make it nice and cheap and easy, right? The little black gloves, I'd give two, pa- yeah. two pairs of black gloves, um, a toque and two pairs and the socks of the dollar store were for anybody trying to save a buck were surprisingly good. <laughs> um, so we give them a couple of pairs of socks and we give them, uh, you know, a couple of pairs of light gloves. Uh, so if they do ruin them or, or lose them well, or whatever the hell, you know, it's not a big deal. Right. And like, I mean, I have this, this take on, on giving in general. So I understand that like, we've got all those social programs just to be clear, you cut out a little bit, but I think you were saying, don't give them anything. Um, and then yeah, and that's and again, that's that was okay, my, according to your friend, not my you. buddy. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. not me because I, I give all sorts of stuff, right? Like I'll buy oh. coffees and I do whatever. But yeah, my buddy yeah, says, like, you know, he's like, there's of, so many things out there. One of the things like that kind of drives my giving when I do, and I mean, I I don't usually talk about it um, publicly, but mm-hmm. you know, I try to give uh, often, you know, and the thing that I try to do is not pay attention to someone's financial needs, especially here in Canada where yes. you know, those resources are available. Yeah. You know, like I would much rather give in the Tim Hortons drive-thru. I know super Canadian, but I would rather <laughs> give in the Tim Hortons drive-thru or randomly, like I've done um, gift cards before where you put gift cards in a card and it says like, don't throw this away. It's not empty. It's for you. Um, <laughs> and that yes. kind of thing, yeah. you know, because I think that as much as, you know, helping the homeless is absolutely something that I believe that we should do. Mm-hmm. I also think that sometimes it's wealthy people that have the most cynicism and the most need for belief in the good in the world. You that's know? a very good point. That's a very good point. And that's something I think that just the, you know, that random act of kindness, but just being kind for the sake of being kind, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that I just irks me is the people who go on to the, the, the social media machines 
and they like film themselves doing all these good things and giving this and doing that. It's like, I, I'm not down for any of that. Like, don't take my picture. Don't, don't do anything, you know? And we did it. We ended up doing like, uh, and the reason we did it was because I knew a, a storm was coming up. So I went mm-hmm. and I, I bought a bunch of tarps for people. Um, we went to like the local, like, uh, big box store or whatever it was big. It's literally like the big box outlet and it's super cheap stuff. <laughs> and it's like, but it was like a bunch of five by six tarps. So it was enough to like lay over your bag or cover, you know, wrap your bags in or wrap your clothes in or, or cover your tent or whatever the hell you had to do. Right. And I was like, um, uh, the big one was pizza. We just got a bunch of pizza and we handed out pizza and we just sort of, I wasn't even looking at it. Like the whole, these, you know, the people, it's like people called these people, the homeless, like there's some sort of other creatures or whatever. Right. And I'm like, yo, these are just people I've been there, you know? And it's like, I'm, I'm with you though, where, it doesn't matter who you are. Like if you're a dude walking down the street and I was giving out pizza to, to quote unquote the homeless and you wanted to fuck a slice of pizza, man, I don't give a shit what you're wearing. You want some pizza? I'm giving out free, I'm giving away free pizza right now to yeah. whomever it is, you know? And I think that that's been lost a lot on these well, days. Is and I mean, I have, I have mixed views on the whole publicity around giving things. So I think that I understand that like sometimes people are doing it for, you know, the social rewards or whatever mm-hmm. you would call it, right? But I think that it also has value to show people that people are doing it regardless of their motives. Mm-hmm. They're still doing something good and now they're getting something out of it and you know it's st- strategic or whatever and you know you can't mm-hmm. really call someone altruistic if they're making a lot of money on being generous. Yeah. But if that's not that's displayed, fair. a lot of people don't even know where to start. Like a lot of people don't know how to be helpful, you know? So I, I I appreciate those people doing that because I'm not interested in showing off when I, I give stuff away because I have a lot of issues, layered issues, but (laughs) (laughs) don't look at me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I I always say that I'm like, you know, like I am the most introverted attention seeker I've ever met, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't like, (laughs) I don't like attention, but I do also. You're like, you're like Um, a cat. Yeah, pet me, but don't pet me. Pet me, but don't pet me. Yeah, look at me and love me and want to pet me, but don't pet me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna play a game with you. Um, oh, yes. It is going to be you guessing Gen Z slang. Oh, um, no. We've done this a few times, and it is always fun. So we will see how hip you truly are. And I know saying hip makes me sound old, but I don't. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm the bomb, yo. Okay, so what does it mean <laughs> to say that someone is basic? You're basic. Uh, that would be like simple or, <laughs> oh no, no, no. Cause being a, being basic is like, like you're a basic bitch. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, yeah, just sort of simple and like unflavored. You know what I mean? In my, in my head, it's like that white girl with the infinity scarf and the Ugg boots. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be, spice. um, they say unoriginal in yeah, yeah, just, mainstream te- trends. Yeah, just super like flavorless and not really their own being, kind of, you know. So, um, what does it mean to say cap or no cap? See, I play PlayStation and I hear this all the time, but I haven't <laughs> figured that one out yet. And I think it's like for sure or not for sure. Not quite. <clears throat> okay. So, cap means you're lying. Oh, and oh, no right, cap yeah. means no word of a lie. Yeah, not lying, not lying, no cap. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so, right. I mean, they do make sense once you once you hear them used a lot. Wow. Um, what does it mean to say hits different? Hits different. 
well, it just hits different. I don't know. It, uh, it just feels different. It's like, so I know this one. So, uh, a nice soft chili, like, like beef chili, you know, mm -hmm. like a chili you would eat hits different than say a uh, super spicy chili pepper. Sort of. So, so like you wouldn't so, normally say hits different than that I've seen. It um, would normally be like that hits different on its own. It sounds like it should be a comparison, but it's not. Um, and it, it, it almost always has a good connotation to it. So if I were like, uh, you know, that new Eminem song just hits different, you would, you would understand it if you were also Gen Z and I was Gen Z, <laughs> you would understand it to mean that it's good. Oh, it's just, it's a bit better. That, that's better than, than this. Than yeah. Like okay. it, it's a lot better. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. I mean, kind of makes sense, but I, again, I can, I just imagine anytime I do stuff like this, I imagine my parents like, <laughs> Doesn't it make you I'm, feel old? <laughs> yeah, yo, because I'm 33 now, right? So I remember looking at a bunch of the older people when I was young and be like, yo, you old when I was, you know, 16 or 17 or 20 or whatever. And now I'm that old person with like bad knees and, you know, I stand up <laughs> too quick and all the lights come on. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what does it mean to say that someone is pressed? Like, like hard pressed? I, I don't know, prep that... I can just think like you're hard pressed for something, but you didn't say hard pressed, so I have no, no idea. Just no. regular pressed. <laughs> no, like buff, maybe? I don't, I don't um, know. It means someone who's upset or irrationally angry. So you say the Eminem song hits different, and I'm like, no, it's a fucking stupid song. And you're like, yo, why are you so pressed about this? Slang is weird. It is. I hate language. I mean, I um, love language so much, but man. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to do two more, and I'm going to yeah. try and do ones that you will be able to guess. <laughs> we'll see. So what does it mean when someone says, brah? It's just a new bro, friend, buddy, guy, dude. Sort of. It's used a little different. Um, so it's gender-neutral term for a friend, but it's usually used as sort of an exclamation at the beginning of a sentence or the end of a sentence or, or on its own. So like, you know, oh. if I really liked or hated the Eminem song, I'd be like, brah. <laughs> okay. So it's more than just being like, bro. Or, you yeah. Know, it's not dude. so much used in the like way that you would use bro. Yeah. It's more like, like uh, a, like a like shit. A like, like a bra. <laughs> I always want to say an inflection on the sentence itself to add yeah, it's it's, you know it, I mean? it's yeah, like it's an ex it's it's like an exclamation that you would say, but you use it with a period, not an exclamation part point. If you do that, you're very clearly millennial or older like us. Uh, um, and the final uh, one we are going to do is what does it mean to be extra? Uh, I know this one because I say this all the time. Uh, over the top, flamboyant. Um, if basic is sort of if basic is flavorless. <laughs> or, you know, we'll call them normal, then extra is, you know, the full over flavor. the top, full flavor. <laughs> We're talking rainbow Neapolitan with like sprinkles and all extra, extra, which I'm kind of in the, the middle of. I do my own thing, but I don't like being extra because then people look at me and they just don't want that. Leave me I'm, alone. I'm often told that I'm extra and <laughs> I'm into it. I'm here for you know it. What? I'm, prob I'm probably extra to a lot of people, but it, well, maybe, I, I don't know. I, uh, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm probably extra to a lot of people, <laughs> especially during festival season. So um, before we close up, I just wanted to ask about, you know, is there 
there, like you said, you've been doing a couple podcasts. I know you've been on my show before. Um, is there somewhere that people can like follow you if they want to have more Raymond oh, no. in their life or no, I don't do, do anything like that. I'm not a, a blogger or a vlogger. Or a okay, cool beans. Or, I mean, it, so it's, it's also one of those things where, um, I'm always up for a conversation. I might not be able to get back right away, but like if someone's got something that, uh, that I've said that resonates with them or that they have a question about or whatever, I'm, you know, I'm just a human being, you know, give me a shout or whatever, but I don't have, I'm not, I don't have this thing that I'm doing or, or something that people can, you know, I don't have the Insta or any of that stuff. So, okay. So, so I don't know if you guys uh, all caught all of that, but basically what Raymond is saying is if there's for some reason that you specifically need to talk to him, hit me up and I'll connect you if he's available yeah. And otherwise, you'll just have to get him in small doses as he randomly talks on the internet. <laughs> That's correct. All right. So is there anything you want to add before we close out here? Um, no, just that uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I didn't jabber too much. And uh, I, I hope that your life is pleasant enough to enjoy, but uncomfortable enough that you grow. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Raymond. And to my audience, I love you. Bye. Thank you.